Amen. Amen. Hey, hug someone's neck. You can take a seat. Tell them you love them. Tell them you love them. Bernard, stay with me for a minute. You guys good? How you feeling? Y'all ready to get a little messed up tonight? For Jesus' sake? <laughs> You're like, hey, came to the right place. Uh, don't mind these two giant meatheads on stage. Hey, this guy right here, Jake. Come here, Jake. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Jake is an intern this summer. He is awesome. He, he plays football at Wheaton College in Chicago, and he's an amazing human being. He has worked his tail off multiple hours every single week just to give you this kind of virus. Can we give it up for this amazing man, Jake? Love you, dude. Love you. He's got bigger muscles than all of us. It's not fair. Uh, man, welcome to Young Adults. If this is your first time with us, I met Seth. Seth, first time. Where you at, bro? Seth, where you at? Seth. Oh, good to have you, bro. You come back? I'll give you a free piece of swag if you come back. All right. Um, man, so this whole summer we've been talking about um, the characteristics and the quality of Jesus Christ. And I hear a lot of people say a lot of times, I don't understand God. I don't understand who God is. I don't understand what he's like. I don't understand what he says, what he, what he thinks about me. And the best way to understand who God is is to look at the life of Jesus Christ because Jesus is God with skin on. Jesus is a physical representation of God. And so throughout this summer, we're going through uh, just stories in the gospel of Jesus Christ and his interaction with people, talking about the qualities and characteristics of God. Got a special one tonight. Next week, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. Uh, so it's going to be a good one. Don't avoid it. If you, if you, you're like, I'm leaving. I'm not coming for that one. Be here. But listen, I, I, I just believe that God's got a special thing for tonight. And so I'm going to give you guys everything that I absolutely have tonight, okay? I, don't, I, I, I feel okay about this message when I was praying about it, but I feel like right now I'm like, we're going to go tonight. All right, we're going to get after it. Can, can you all give me some response back tonight? Have some fun back. Come on. We're not, we're not Littleton, Colorado at 9 a.m. at a Sunday service, okay? We are young adults on Thursday night, okay? You can give me a little bit more. Get excited. Have fun. If I say something you like, shout me down. If I say something you don't like, um, sorry. I want to read a parable for you. A parable, Jesus used parables. They were short stories that were not real stories, but Jesus told stories to help us and our very menial minds understand what he's trying to get across. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 15, it's the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Jesus looks to his disciples and he says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. So just so you know, he is considering that the landowner is God and the workers are us. This is what he's relating it to. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. 
He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go out and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired, going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received the denarius. So when those who were hired first, they expected to receive more. Amen. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour and said, You have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Then did you agree to work for denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who is hired the last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first shall be last. Tonight, I want to talk about how we respond when we feel like Jesus is not fair. Title tonight, Jesus is not fair by your standards. Jesus is not fair by your standards. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for uh, what you're doing in this place, God. I, I, I still know, Lord, there, there's a heaviness. Lord, I know that the enemy wants to steal and kill and destroy what, what you're trying to accomplish tonight. And so, Lord, we just uh, rebuke the name of, of, of the enemy through Jesus Christ and say he has no place here tonight, Lord, that he has no stronghold, he has no foothold. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, change us, challenge us, equip us. And everybody said, amen, amen. Tell the person next to you, you look good. You look tan. You look tan. Does anybody like only burn? Nice. So a lot of you know uh, my, my beautiful wife and I. That, that was her, Jerrica, standing on stage tonight. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, so we have, we have a three-and-a-half-year-old son. His name's Abram. And he's awesome. I love him dearly. Uh, sometimes you might see him here. If you do see him, he's probably sitting on the front row. Uh, he's eating about 10 bags of Doritos and four LaCroix. It's the only way we can get him to sit still. Uh, I absolutely love my son Abram. He's the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. I, I was literally standing in the doorway just watching him sleep uh, last night. I was like, oh my Lord, thank you for this little beautiful blessing. And I'm such a screw up and you have allowed me to, to parent this beautiful child. But my son Abram is in a little bit of a season right now. Um, and, 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 it, and it's a season where I just kind of feel like he's being a giant turd right now. And we, we went to the doctors for, for a checkup, and we're like, man, I just feel like his behavior, he's, he's a little off. He's been a little naughty. He's like, yeah, he's in the turd season. I'm like, oh, wow, so that, there's a name for it. Um, so he, he's just kind of being a little bit of a turd right now. And, and, and I, I'm at this place right now where I love him most when he's sleeping. I'm like, oh, man, I feel like such a good relationship with you, son. You're sleeping. So I'm cuddling in bed with him. He has no idea, right? I, I love it. But uh, I, he, he's, he's in this place right now, and I'm like, I just don't really know how to explain him. And then I saw a meme on Instagram yesterday, and I think it helps explain my son a little bit, uh, inside a toddler's brain. And you can see questions, so many questions. Uh, mystery rage, out of nowhere, he'll bite you. Uh, farm animal sounds, Daniel Tiger's uh, songs, a sixth sense for when your parents are trying to relax so the toddler can prevent it. It's like, Bro, just leave me and your mom alone, okay? Come on. Uh, hunger for snacks only, not meals, okay? Some of you are like, that's my brain, amen? 
had a real meal in 10 years, only snacks. Um, but he's in a place right now where we're kind of having to ramp up our, our discipline with him. We're having to ramp up our discipline, and we're having to be real parents finally, and, and actually parent our child. Uh, and we're like reading, and like, how do you parent a child? I don't know. This is too stressful. And, and so our, one of our biggest fights is when it comes to eating. And, and because he'll take a bite, and then, and then he'll run around the house about 15 times. I'm like, Abram, take another bite. He'll take another bite, and then he'll run around the house about 15 times. It's, it's kind of like I, I, in one day, I'm like, Abram, take a bite about 15,000 times. And so a, a couple days ago, he was eating green beans. Hardly. I was forcing him to eat green beans. And we were in a fight because he wanted potato chips, and because his mom only eats potato chips, and he sees her eating potato chips. He's like, why can't I eat potato chips? She doesn't eat green beans. So I don't, sorry. Uh, and so he was, uh, I was trying to get him to eat green beans, and he wasn't eating them. So I said, Abram, if you don't eat green beans, you're going to timeout. He said, I'm not eating green beans. I said, okay. Then I grabbed him and very kindly uh, took him down the hallway, and, and I put him in his room, and I put him on his bed. I said, you're in timeout for three minutes. And he's kicking and screaming, yelling at me. And, and as I go to shut the door, I hear him yell, that's not fair. And I'm like, what? I don't think he said what I thought he said. What'd you just say? That's not fair. I stopped and I said two things to him. I said, listen, Abram, I don't care what you think is fair. I'm your father and I decide what's fair or not. He looked at me like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and the second thing I said, I was like, where did you hear that? He said, mom. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No. I, I said to him, I'm like, Abram, where on earth did you hear that's not fair? And, and you know, I, I don't know where he heard that, probably from Daniel Tiger or something or a cousin or somebody, I don't know, on our church staff that I'm going to slap later. I don't know where, I don't know where he heard the, the, the phrase that's not fair. It doesn't matter. But, but I was thinking about it. I, I believe that he said this phrase because all of us are born with this innate feeling. And it's this feeling that only grows stronger the older that we get. But it's this feeling that when we don't get what we want or someone else gets what we want or we don't experience the kind of life that we want to experience compared to the person to our right or our left, some of us, all we want to do is sit on our proverbial bed and scream, that's not fair. I mean, how many of y'all, even today, you're like, I would give anything to go home from my job today, sit on my bed and just scream, that's not fair. Anybody? Just me. I felt that today, okay? Sometimes we, it, it, in, in life we, we find ourselves in these seasons because, look, if life teaches us anything, life teaches us that life is not fair. I, I, don't, I don't care what your soccer league taught you in fifth grade who handed out participation trophies to you, but, but, but I'm here to tell you that life is not fair, and life teaches us that lesson day in and day out. Look, there will be joy, there will be sorrow. There could be marriage, there could be divorce. There could be life, there could be death. Like, we constantly are fighting this battle of what's fair, what's not fair. Like, it's not fair. Maybe, can I just validate you for a moment, maybe in a season that you find yourself in, that it's not fair that I was born into the family that I was born into, and I experienced the abuse that I experienced when the friends that I grew up with didn't experience what I did. It's not fair that because of the color of my skin, I'm discriminated against sometimes. It's not fair just because I'm a female, one day I might get paid differently than a man would in the same position. 
It's not fair that that position that I've been working my tail off and I have been working every single day and the person right next to me who just showed up got a promotion before I did. It's not fair that every single relationship that I find myself in ends in some huge toxic disaster and all my friends are married right now. Like it's absolutely just not fair. And can I be honest? I think it's stuff like this. That, that really can make us frustrated with God. Can, can we just be honest? Like, no, no perfect people in here. Like, it, it, these are moments that can really make us frustrated with God, whether you are a Christian or not. Like, if, if you're a Christian, these are moments that frustrate you, you with God. And if you're not a Christian, these are moments that make you think, I don't think I want anything to do with that God. Moments like this can, can frustrate us with God, and here's why. Because when life's not fair, what do we do? Well, we equate it to that God's not fair. If life's not fair and God is all-knowing and all-loving, then that means that God is not fair. And all of a sudden, insert bitterness. Insert frustration. All of a sudden, we become almost annoyed and indignant towards God and our relationship with him. Hear me, though. It's important. Let me pass to you for a moment. Let, let, Let me maybe teach you something that you don't know. That nowhere in the Bible does it explain God, the Holy Spirit, or Jesus as fair. It doesn't. It doesn't explain Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit as fair. Now, God is good. God is just. God is right. But God is not explained as fear. Now, it's important for you to know, though, that God, though, shows no partiality when it comes to you being in a relationship with him. Though That's important for you to know. Uh, Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Okay, so it's important for you to know that it doesn't matter what you've done. Where you come from, the color of your skin, uh, the side of the tracks that you grew up on, how much money that you have in your bank account, that nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. So if you want a relationship with him, all you have to do is ask, and you can be in a relationship with him. So he's equal in that. He shows no partiality to who he allows to be in a relationship with him. But understand something, God is not the God of sameness. He's not the God of sameness. There are no two people on this planet that have ever walked this earth right now have or will out of the billions of people that God will interact with the same. No two people. There will be no two people. Even if you're a twin, you might look the same, but you'll have different experiences. You may look the same, but you will have uh, different abilities, different gifts. That God interacts with two people in never the same way. God is not a God of sameness. You see, We are all unique. Therefore, God treats you according to your uniqueness, whatever he deems right, whatever he deems just, whatever he deems good. God does not look at you and the person next to you and say, how can I give them the exact same experience in this life, the same gifts, the same talents, the same struggles, the same sins. No, God looks at you uniquely, that he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He knew the number of hairs that were going to be on your head, and he designed you for a very specific purpose, and so God does not treat you according to how he treats the person next to you. That should free you up just alone in that. You see, fairness in your eyes is not always right for your life in God's eyes. It's a tough pill to swallow. But fairness in your eyes and how you see the world and your perspective and your worldview is not always what God sees fit and right and just and good for your life. Does that make sense? 
The story I read earlier, that was a lot of verses. Sorry, I was reading halfway. I'm like, dang, this is long. What the heck? That was supposed to be funny. <laughs> no, light, no, relax. She's not watching this. Okay. Um, but the story that I, I, re- I read earlier um, is this parable that Jesus is telling to his disciples. And, and, and it's, it has a lot of different meanings to it, but in a roundabout way, he is talking about this, this topic of, of fairness. And Jesus begins to tell the disciples that the kingdom of God is like this. And Jesus is about to explain that the kingdom of God is upside down. The kingdom of God is countercultural. Uh, understand something, the kingdom of God cannot fit into our cultural context, cannot just fit into our cultural box. Uh, the kingdom of God is upside down. The, the world goes one way, but the kingdom of God speaks a totally different way. And he's about to say, look, the world goes one way on this issue, but I'm about to preach to you and show you that the kingdom of heaven is upside down when it comes to this topic of fairness. And so Jesus begins to tell this story. He tells this story of this landowner. Everyone say landowner. This one here, you're listening. This landowner has a vineyard, and he needs the vineyard to be vined. I don't know. What's it? <laughs> to be picked, to be worked. Super smart. And so he goes to the marketplace. And in that time period, the marketplace was a place where, where men would go with their tools and they would look to get hired for an honest day's work. And if they didn't get hired, then they probably couldn't provide for their family that night, but they would go to the marketplace looking to be hired so that they could go home, make an honest day's wage, and provide for their family. And so the landowner comes across to the marketplace, and he comes across at about 6 o'clock in the morning. So we got 6 o'clock in the morning right here. So you have all these men sitting in the marketplace. 6 o'clock in the morning, the landowner comes and says, look, I will make an agreement with you that if you come and work in my vineyard for a day, I will pay you one denarius, which is a, a day's wage. So they make an agreement, they shake hands, and the guy's like, thank you, man, I really appreciate that. If it wasn't for you, I want to have a job today. I'm going to do some surf and turf for my family tonight because you, sir, thank you so much. I'm going to come, I'm going to work hard in your vineyard. And so the landowner, he has some more work, so he goes back to the marketplace and he sees some other guys sitting there, 9 o'clock in the morning. And the landowner says, look, would you like to come work in my vineyard? He didn't make an agreement with them, but he said, I will pay you whatever's right. He made an agreement with them, but he just said to these, these guys, I will pay you what is right. And so the 9 o'clock guys were like, man, thank you. I really appreciate it. I can't get a servant to her, but I will have Chipotle tonight. Thank you very much. I would love to come work in your vineyard. So they go. And then the landowner comes back at noon. And then he comes back at 3 o'clock. And he says these same guys, he says, come and work out in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So these guys get up. They go, okay, we're going to have some McDonald's tonight. Amen. So they'll get out and work out in the vineyard. There's one hour left until sundown, and the landowner comes back out one more time to find some other guys sitting there doing nothing. And it's one hour left of work, but he comes to these guys, the guys sitting there, it's five o'clock in the evening, and the landowner says, what are you doing just sitting there? Like, man, I, I don't know, we, we came here searching for work, we, we need a job, we, we need work, we need something to do. And he just says to him, he's like, just come out in my vineyard. He doesn't agree to pay them anything. He doesn't say anything about money, but he says, why don't you all just come out in my vineyard and just work? 
man, thank you so much. This is awesome. Tomorrow I'm going to come out at 4.30. This is great. I get to work in his vineyard. This is awesome. Thank you so much. So they all work, and these guys work for like 30 minutes. These guys work for, for 12 hours. And then the landowner goes to his foreman and says, line them all up, and I want you to pay the last people we brought in to the first people we brought in. But tradition would say that you would pay the person who worked the longest to the person who worked the least. Because if you worked the longest, it means that you put in the most work and that you got to go home first. And so the foreman goes and he goes to the five o'clock people who literally just showed up and just stole more grapes than they picked. And he says to him, he's like, here's a denarius. Dude's like, what? Are you serious? A denarius? Bro, I worked. Did you even work? No, I didn't work either. 15 minutes, and we just got paid a whole day's wage. I'm coming at 4.55 tomorrow. I'm going to sit right up in here, and I'm just going to wait till homeboy comes by, and I'm going to work five minutes, and I'm going to get paid a whole denarius. So he goes on his way, and then the, the next guy goes, and he pays him a denarius. He's like, man, thank you. That's very generous of you. I, I didn't work that many hours, but thank you. Goes down the line, and it says that the 6 o'clock person, the 6 a.m.ers are watching this unfold. And it says that they think to themselves, if they're getting paid a denarius, what am I about to get paid? Come on, hey. I'm about to get five times that much. I'm going to eat for a whole week. I ain't going to work, right? It says that they go down the line. He pays them each a denarius, and then he gets to the 6 a.m.ers, the ones who had worked for 12 hours, and hands them a denarius. What they agreed upon, but he hands them a denarius. And everyone else had gone, and this dude's, and these guys are like, are you, um, I saw that guy, uh, he was vaping the whole time, uh, I, I was actually working my tail off, and I, I, I think that I deserve a, a little bit more than that, and it says that, that these guys began to grumble, that they began to complain, they began to sit on their bed and scream, that's not fair. It's not fair that these guys worked only 30 minutes and I worked for 12 hours in the hot sun and we got paid the exact same amount. They began to grumble. And I, I, was, I was thinking about it. Isn't it funny that how we can get paid, but in the same breath, we can turn around and say, yeah, but what about, why did they? I mean, think about it. It, it, can't we do this all the time? I do this all the time sometimes where God will, will, will finally like show up in my life and God will bless me. I'll, I'll, I'll get the promotion. I'll experience the healing. I'll experience something amazing that I've been praying for and I've been begging God for. And he blesses my life. God pays me in this moment. And I said, thank you, God. But then I looked to my right and my left. I'm like, yeah, but why did they too? Like, why? I, I worked pretty hard. Why, why are you paying them the same thing that you just paid me? That doesn't make any sense, right? And here's the thing is that it's just human nature. It's human nature. The heart is always wanting to measure. The heart is always wanting to measure what's taking place in our life versus what's taking place in someone else's life. The heart is constantly wanting to measure the blessings in my life and the favor in my life and God's grace in my life versus the person next to me, right? How many times have you been sitting here? You're like, man, finally got that raise, I've been working at King Supers for quite some time now. 
I've <laughs> been working at King Supers, and I've been busting my tail. I've been working there for a long time. And Jeremiah over here just showed up. He hangs out in the janitor closet, and he got the same raise that I did. Or you've been sitting there and like, man, I, I have been praying for a relationship. I've been praying that God would bring that dime piece to my life, and he finally showed up in my life. And God, thank you for this boyfriend. He is amazing. I love him so much. God, thank you so much. And then all of a sudden you look over, you're like, Becky just got engaged? What? I know what Becky's been doing on the weekend. It's, yeah. it's wild, though, right? Like, let's, let's be honest. Like, we, in, in one breath, we can say, God, thank you so much. And in the next breath, we can say, but seriously, though, why then? Here's the thing, is that you can't measure and be grateful at the same time. Like you, 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 can't, you can't measure uh, the, the people next to you and the things uh, that God's doing in people's life next to you and still be grateful. Because the, beginning, the second that you begin to, to, to measure, what you do is you take your eyes off your blessing and put your eyes on someone else's blessing, which makes you now ungrateful for what God tried to do in your life in the first place. And you find yourself in this place constantly measuring because your human heart makes you want to do it. Because it feels good for some reason to be able to sit in your self-pity and feel bad for yourself that you didn't get what you thought that you deserved. Look, our need for fairness gets in the way of our ability to celebrate that we even got paid in the first place. Like, these guys, remember, they were sitting there. If they didn't get hired this day, they don't work. If they don't get hired this day, then they, 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 don't, they don't get paid. They, they, they don't get any kind of money for their family. They, they get nothing. But the fact that someone else got paid, their frustration didn't allow them to celebrate that they got paid. And, and on top of that, it definitely gets in the way of our ability to celebrate that others got paid as well. When, when, when you're constantly a, a measuring stick for, for who's getting what, when they got it, how they got it. You will never be able to celebrate what God does in your life, and you'll definitely never be able to celebrate what God did in other people's life because instead of being able to celebrate, you'll look at their blessing as an indictment on your life, an indictment on your season, an indictment on your blessing. If your target is fairness, you will always, only see what you don't get. If that's your target, my target is fairness. What's fair in the world around me? Then you will always, only see what you don't get. And you will constantly live frustrated, bitter, angry. You will constantly grumble every morning that you wake up, every night that you go to bed, that it's not fair. So he, he says they get frustrated, they grumble. And then they begin to say, you have made them equal to us. You've made them equal to us. We've worked harder, we've done more, we've worked out in the hot sun, we should have been paid more. Isn't it funny, and, and I, th I think this is frustrating, <laughs> but a lot of us do it. I think that we, a lot of us have bought into the lie that the more that I do for God, the more that he should do for me. The, the, the more that I do for God, the harder that I work. The less that I sin, the more that I pray, 
the more that he will give me the desires of my heart and the more that he will bless me and give me favor. Sometimes I find myself getting to a place in life where I, I feel like I'm sitting in the 6 a.m. chair. But I, I find myself in a place where I kind of have life whooped for a couple weeks. You, you know those things, like, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. I, I haven't sinned so much. I'm cussing a little bit less. Um, I'm reading more. I, I told someone at the gym about Jesus. I'm, I'm going to young adults. I even started, I signed up to serve and did a background check. I haven't showed up yet, but I still got the background check. Um, <laughs> like, you, you, you feel like you, you kind of have life whooped a little bit. And it's really easy to slip into this mode and slip into this head knowledge, this headspace that, God, I'm holding up my end. It might be time for you to hold up yours. Lord, I'm, I'm holding up my end. I'm doing all the things that I feel like you tell me to do. And God, I feel like I'm doing a lot. So, so now it's time for you to hold up your end. See, if we begin to live life in that way, work becomes about getting paid. Work for, for Jesus goes, is just about getting paid now. Instead of getting to work in the beautiful vineyard to make the vineyard more beautiful. Work for you has, when it comes to Jesus Christ, has come so that you may just get paid. So you might just experience a blessing instead of working to be a blessing. And we can find ourselves in that place where we believe that if I do more, God will do more. And I think that sometimes, unintentionally, a lot of us can almost try to manipulate God by our performance. The, the more that I perform, especially compared to other people, the more value I have. And the more value I have, the more that God is going to move and God is going to work and the more favor and blessing that I'm going to experience in my life. Look, here we got God's manner of rewarding isn't the same as man's manner of rewarding. Can I tell you that? Like, our world operates on merit. What have you done for me lately? God's does not. God, God, God's blessing for your life and God's favor for your life does not operate off of merit. God rewards you based off of his being just. God rewards you based off of him being good. God rewards you based off of him being right. God does not reward you based off of your, uh, of your merit. Don't get this twisted in your head and let human culture mess with your understanding. That, that God's ways are higher than our ways. That God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That God looks at your life differently. God is not concerned on the perfect amount of work that you do. God is not concerned with you sitting here every single day toiling and toiling and toiling all so that you can just be blessed. Though no, God is looking at you and saying, can you be faithful in the vineyard? Can you be faithful with the uniqueness that I have given you, that I have placed in your life, and be a blessing to other people? Can you make my world more pretty? Can you make my world, my vineyard more beautiful? Can you take your eyes off yourself for a moment and begin to focus that as I work, it's to honor God, not to honor myself. Not to bring glory to my name. Not to have this rags to riches story. When you said yes to Jesus, that already happened. Why do you work when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ? It says that the landowner, it says that he answered one of them. He's like, okay, you're done talking. And he said, I'm, he said, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. I love it. He calls him friend. He's saying, 
just so you know, when you come to God and, and you're a knucklehead and you say some dumb things, do some dumb things, he still looks at you like, oh, one of my stupid ones, but I still love you. <laughs> He's not mad at you. You're like, oh, man. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But he, he looks at him and he says, um, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Didn't, didn't, didn't you agree to work for what I told you that I would pay you? We, we had a contractual agreement. We, we had a law-binding agreement. Did you not agree to get paid what I said that you would get paid? I'm not being unfair to you. I feel like sometimes God is trying to say to us, but Andrew, didn't you agree that when you said yes to me that you were going to do this thing my way? Andrew, didn't you agree that when you said yes to me that you were going to trust me? Didn't you agree that when you said yes to me that you were going to let go and give up control for me to work in your life and do, do something in your life? And I promised that I would pay you back. Have I not paid you back by giving you a hope and a future? Andrew, have I not paid you back by giving you peace and giving you strength? Andrew, have I not paid you back? See, all of us, we, we want to change the agreement with God. Like, we're so happy when we come into a relationship with him. We're just excited. And all of a sudden, time goes by, and we begin to bind a lie that I, 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 get, I earn what I deserve. And then all of a sudden, we begin to want to change the agreement. Change the agreement with God. All right, God, this is going great, but uh, it's about time I get married, so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to take 10 months off from dating. I'm going to date you, Jesus. Just kidding. Don't date Jesus. He's already married. He's called the bride or church. Right. I'm sorry. That was supposed to be funny. I'm going to take some time off, and I'm just going to believe that as I do this, and I work really hard, and I'm going to read some more books, I'm going to pray, I'm going to do all the things that when that 10 months comes up, that you're going to put that special person in my life. That God, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and we begin to want to change the, the contract and the agreement, and our relationship with God begins to change from just this excitement of this grace that we get to experience to us feeling this deep desire and this need to work to earn favor and blessing and grace in our life. But it says that he says to these men, he says, look, take, take your money and go. Take your money and go. I'm, I'm done talking. He says, take your money and go. He says, I want to give the one who has hired the last, the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? What Jesus is saying here is that the landowner is saying, I'm the landowner, you're not. It's my money, and so I'm going to do with my money whatever it is that I want to. I think that some of us sometimes in our life need to realign in our life who is God and who is not. I, I, I felt that a few months ago that God was like, Andrew, I need you to realign. I think right now you, you think that you're God of your life. I need you to, to realign who is God and who is not that I am God, and you are not. That, 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 it's, it, this is a harsh truth, but God does not owe you anything. He, he doesn't owe you anything. And God, in his own riches and resources, can do with his grace, with his compassion, with his resources, whatever it is that he wants to do. 
But it's sad because so many Christians can become so envious and so jealous of God's grace, of God's mercy, of God's blessing, of God's favor. I, I hate it so much that, that we as Christians get, get jealous and envious of God's grace towards someone else. Man, how ugly is that? That like somebody else gets a win, that somebody else got a healing, that somebody else got a promotion, that, that God did something so special in their life, and all we do is get jealous. And you know what? A lot of times we look at the person in our life as the marker for us being envy or envious or for us being jealous, but the reality is we're just projecting onto them what we feel about God. The reality is a lot of you, you're just frustrated with God because you think that you should have experienced the grace and the mercy and the favor and the blessing that someone else got right next to you. And here's why. You know why we've gone like that? Let, let, let me ask you a question and be honest with yourself. When you look at these, these chairs, which represent different times of being hired, which one do you resonate with most? Which, which one do you resonate with most? Do you resonate most with the last one? In between? I would argue that most Christians, if you've been Christian longer than a few months, most of us in our season of life right now would probably resonate with this one right here. Come on, right? Let, let's, let's be real. Who, who do you relate to most? How many of all, the second that I started talking about fairness, you're like, yeah. Heck yeah. I've been feeling that in a big way in my life right now. That I feel like I've been working. I feel like I've been doing all that I know how to do. I feel like I've, I've, I've been doing as much as I can. I've been working. I've, I've been praying. I've been trying to show up to church. I've been trying to do so much. And, and I'm in this place right now where I just feel like everyone else is getting what I deserve. And it's not fair. And I'm exhausted of sitting in this place. See, the longer that you allow yourself to sit in this place, the more that you'll feel cheated. But the longer that you sit in this place, the more you'll try to work. And the more you try to work, the more you'll see how unfair life is around you. And the more unfair you think life is around you, the more bitter you're going to become at life, the people around you in God. Isn't it sad that some of the people who are the most bitter in the world are people who have been Christians for the longest time? It's because they have thought that you have to work your entire life to earn. And so they can't be grateful for anybody's grace because to them it's performance. You haven't paid your dues. You haven't done enough to earn what God has for your life. Here's the thing about it though. The reason why we allow ourselves to sit in this kind of place for so long is because we forget at one point we were the 5 p.m. Come on, th think about it. We forget. And I know you've been a Christian for a while and you've been toiling, you've been doing all the things, you've been working your tail off. But you have forgot a very simple fact that at one point you were the one sitting in the marketplace just saying, I wish someone would pick me. I wish, I wish someone would choose me. I, I, I'm, I'm in need right now. I, 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 I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't know what my day looks like. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. And I've been chasing everything. I've been working for so many different people. I've been chasing every single thing in my life that I can to try to, to, try to get paid, to try to feel fulfillment and satisfaction in this life. But every road has come up empty and void. 
But all of a sudden, this, this man named Jesus, when I was so lost and everyone else was working and I was the only one who felt lost, came to me and found me and allowed me to work in his world, in his kingdom, in his vineyard, and to experience the grace and the truth that comes through a relationship with him. What I want to try to remind you of is that you were once a 5 p.m.er, but you're still a 5 p.m.er. You're still a 5 p.m.er. You just have let the world cheat you of this. See, you have thought for a long time, Christian, that you have to work for approval. I got to work for God's approval. If I keep working, I'm going to get his approval. I'm going to experience good life. And the more he trusts me, the more he approves me, the more I'm going to get to be able to do. Instead of working from approval. Look, can I tell you that it's not about what you have done, that it's about what Jesus Christ did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And all you have to do is say yes to him. And then he allows you into his kingdom to experience the life and the grace, and the favor, and the blessing that only comes through him. Look, if you look at this story through the lens of fairness, it'll frustrate you. If you look at this through the lens of grace, it'll empower you. It'll empower you and enable you to to, want to go and do more and fight for the kingdom of God. How how, Think about these guys. These guys at the 5 p.m., these dudes have been working their tails off. These guys just showed up, and they were just eating the grapes. They're like, yo, bro, how how do you you, uh, pick a grape? Uh, What what do you do? They're like, oh, my gosh, these guys are insane. They're like, dude, uh, what do we do here? We're just hanging out. I don't know. This guy came up to us. He's like, hey, just come hang out. Just have some fun in my vineyard. I'll pay you whatever I think is fair, right? And I think that we need to be those kind of people where instead of feeling this deep desire to always have to show up and work and work and work and prove, that we could just be people who show up and be like, I don't know. God just came and he saved me. I'm just working in the vineyard and trying to enjoy my life a little bit. I'm trying to just experience his grace. I'm just trying to experience his life. I'm just trying to experience, and I'm just thankful. I'm just grateful. When you see yourself as a 5 p.m.er, it doesn't, it, it, you don't have to measure anymore. You don't have to measure yourself to somebody else and somebody else's success. You measure yourself to who God is, what God says about you, and what he speaks to your life. My question is, where do you find yourself tonight? Which are you? Have you been striving for fairness and walking around frustrated and feeling this need to constantly work to earn God's approval? Aren't you exhausted? Aren't you exhausted? I think God wants to reinstate and realign that he's God and you're not. And to reinstate and realign your trust in him and to give up control of this season of life and just trust, you know what, I'm not gonna look to my right or my left, I'm gonna trust that God sees me as, as unique, that God sees me as perfect, and that, that God is gonna work in my life however God deems worthy and right and just. We pray for you, Lord. I thank you so much for um, what you're doing in this place. God, I thank you for uh, your word. I thank you for your grace. couple questions in here tonight. You're, you're sitting in here and 
you really resonated with the 6 a.m. or like that, that's who I've felt that I am. And I, I'm exhausted feeling this need to, to just strive and this need to, to constantly work. And I, I just feel like I've constantly been thinking that it's just not fair. And you're in here tonight and, and you feel like God is trying to, to, to realign your heart and, and, and to realign your, your, your belief that you don't have to work for approval, that you get to work from approval. Now, if that's you in here, would you slip up your hands so I can pray for you? Amen, 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 amen. Hands all over. Thank you, thank you. With heads bowed, eyes closed, you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You find yourself far from him. But you came in here tonight and you know deep down inside that, that God's trying to do something in your heart. That you've been searching for so many things and you feel like you're just sitting in the marketplace just waiting to be picked out and you came here tonight and you feel like the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords has spoken to your life and says, son, daughter, just come work in my vineyard. Come and have a relationship with me. You're in here tonight. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you'd like to start one. Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Amen. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. If that's you in here, just in your own words, just begin to pray to God. You have to articulate it perfect. Just say, God, I'm a sinner. God, forgive me. Come into my life. I believe that you went to the cross for me. You died on the cross, but you rose from the grave, and my belief in you gives me new life. God, we love you. We trust you. We ask all this in your name. Everybody, young adults, say, Amen. If y'all want to stand, let's worship.